You're listening to Back Into the Fire. Old school wrestling fans shooting on the greatest wrestling organization in the world, the National Wrestling Alliance. On this episode, Back for the Attack fades to black, the power comes back on, and how to escape a full Nelson. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Back into the Fire, your number one NWA podcast covering all things for the miraculous recovery of the National Wrestling Alliance. I didn't think we'd be back here, Andy, but we are. And we're going to be doing a twofer in this episode, uh, covering the pay-per-view as well as the first power episode in a good solid year, I guess. Yes, sir. And uh, I think you're correct. I think we might be the only uh, NWA exclusive podcast out there, but... Uh, whether we are or we aren't, one thing's for certain, we are the deans of the National Wrestling Alliance podcasting year. So uh, yes, we'll get right into it, man. Uh, back for the attack pay-per-view. Somehow they managed to to get it back going again, even after COVID took them out for, like you said, a year. This It's kind of incredible that they made it back at all. Yeah, I have no idea how they managed to put something together. Um, but they did. Um I don't know. Is the NWA is it off life support now? Can we can we breathe a sigh of relief and and finally say, well, it is back for the attack, or is it still still squarely in the stove up category of wrestling organizations? I think it's still stove up a little. I think they're probably still in the ICU ward here for a little bit at least. Stove up. Stove up. That's right. <laughs> Uh, you're right though. They're, they're back. And I mean, it is kind of incredible that they, that they managed to, to get it going again. And what a strange way to start it with not NWA power, but with this pay-per-view right. that was a, you know, a $20 commitment. If you're a fan to watch <laughs> yeah. this, which isn't a whole lot, I guess, in the grand scheme of, of pay-per-views. I do feel like it was a little bit of a donation more than that's just a, a straight up pay-per-view. Um, but I don't mind, you know, $20. I agree. And it looks like it will be sort of subscribing monthly now to the power shows on Fight TV. And I think that's about a $4.95 monthly recurring fee, I think. So that's what, at least three episodes a month, right? Uh, yeah, it should. Hopefully it's hopefully it's going to be at least, you know, four a month. Yeah. But yeah, I would assume at least three. As far as the pay-per-view went, mm-hmm. I, 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 you're, you're going to get the heel commentary coming out of me a little bit, I think, uh, as we talk about this pay-per-view. But I don't know. What did you think about it overall? You know, at first I was like, wait, this is going to be an hour long and it's going to be a bit of a ripoff. Um, I felt like the matches, maybe I'm just used to, the other wrestling organizations where every match somebody has to put over somebody regardless of whether they're a jobber or not. But I felt like the matches were going really quick. Yeah. For the most part. But it was all right. You know, I liked it better than the the UWN we had been watching. Yeah, absolutely. Ha- being back in that studio and some different commentary. I, I wasn't in love with the UWN commentary at, at all, except for... I like Joe Joe Galley, but the rest of it. Overall, I don't know. Let's give the let's give both programs a grade. So, back for the attack. Um, we'll start there at the pay per view. If I had to give it a grade from a F to an A plus, I would give it a, I guess a B. Uh I'd probably go like you know C minus ish, perhaps. Okay. Not, I mean, it wasn't horrible, but at the same time, there were there were some moments of this thing that left me really kind of, you know, wondering, you know, why did they choose to do things that way? You know, it had some it had some good tributes to Josephus in there, which I think was probably the, really the main focus of this pay per view was just to honor Josephus, who, mm-hmm. at, you know, as the question mark or as Josephus the wrestler, 
he wasn't used all that much. I, I don't, I mean, I guess the question mark was, yeah. Uh, but he was really the behind the scenes guy, apparently that, that helped him out with yeah. you know, storylines and editing and all this kind of behind the scenes. Right. Stuff. So he was a valuable member of the team, uh, more than yeah. a wrestler, at least. Was he in the, f- maybe one of the first matches, if not the first match on the first episode of power he was definitely on the first episode i, I recall him and james storm being yeah involved. yeah because they had some kind of beef or something going on in that very first mm-hmm. episode yep sure did so anyway it was nice to, to to see him honored so props for the way they handled that i would say i agree with you the pace of this thing was insane because they must have knocked out four matches and i looked down and you know hardly half an hour had gone by and I, like you i thought well i guess they're mm-hmm. ending this thing in an hour to an hour and a half but it actually went a solid two hours and i don't know where the that right. second hour went all of a sudden i looked up and, and two yeah. hours had gone by so they they pulled it out somewhere yeah i guess the later matches sort of were sort of stretched out than the earlier ones well i'd say i felt like there were at least two matches on this show that could have just been scrubbed all together and I don't know how you feel about them, but the very first match was that four-way match. Mm-hmm. Slice Boogie right. defeated Jax Dane, Jordan Clearwater, and Crimson. I like Jax Dane. I like Crimson. These other two cats, I don't really know that much about, but that was a really th- a kind of a throwaway match for me, even though Jax Dane was kind of an old NWA you know, staple there a few years back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, for me, is my least favorite. Well... I had one that I liked less than that one, so. Yeah, I was about to say my least favorite, but but not quite. Probably tied with my least favorite match. A couple of things, even before that. I don't know what the, the, the volume levels on this show were, were <sighs> kind of bad to start. Yeah. The crowd, the fake crowd. The crowd that they don't really show, which I'm guessing are just guys from the back or yeah. people they hired to make noise. I don't know. Was a little... I, I don't know, man. I, I wasn't a fan of it. It was just a little too much over the top. I don't like it in the the big, you know, the AEW and particularly the WWE or NXT. I don't like the way they do it that much, and I really don't like the way they did it here. Well, I like to hear the commentary because I believe that wrestling commentary is as important as the wrestling mm-hmm. itself in some cases. And when you right. just, you can't hear it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, some people had, I mean, you can't hear it well. I'll put it that way. The whole time the audio engineer in me is saying, put a compressor on the crowd, turn it down, and then carve out a big EQ in the middle so so that you can hear the announcers over it. Because I'd rather hear the announcers. Well, surely they have people that know what they're doing. uh, Or maybe they don't. If you're listening to this NWA fix the crowd noise, it can't, like you said, it, it can't be that hard. There must be an easy fix to to muffle the crowd just a little bit there. Um, yeah, just take them down a little bit. It's 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 always better to turn something down than to turn the announcers up, for instance, because then you just get a loud bunch of chaos. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I almost think that Billy Corgan uses this as an aesthetic decision to craft the show to make it feel even lower budget, perhaps, than it really is. It's like if you go watch some of that really old stuff, that's on uh, like Amazon Prime, like some of that big time wrestling from from Detroit or something. I mean, it's kind of the same situation, honestly. The old studio shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are pretty raw. I mean, it's it's a pretty low budget operation, but yeah, just I, I don't mind the crowd noise. I just want to be able to hear the um, the announcers as a thing. And well, I do mind the fake crowds. I'm not a big fan of that, but. It's better than having them wrestle in total silence, though. I, I would total say that. Total silence. Yeah. All right, I'll give you that. I, I'm, I really wanted to be able to hear Tim Storm on commentary because, you know, that was one of my little, I guess, predictions mm-hmm. back at the end of the year. I said I hope they would bring Tim Storm in as kind of an administrative kind of guy, and uh, I guess being on commentary is kind of like that. So I thought he's, he works yeah. really well in that role, but I can't hear him. I feel like, you know, they, they need to kick him up a notch there. He's he's kind of a softer-spoken announcer. He is. I'm glad they put him on commentary. I, I think um, that's a great role for him Yeah, with uh, Joe Galley there, and I don't mind it. You know, if you can't have Jim Cornette, Tim Storm will work, certainly. Absolutely. 
he's not obnoxious. He knows what he's talking about. And, and he's a, you know, he's a likable guy. I like how they brought in some of the ladies uh, on commentary as well, because we haven't seen some of these faces on the NWA, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, we had Taryn Terrell. And she was sort of doing a little pseudo commentary and pseudo storyline building. I think uh, it sounds like she might want a shot at the NWA ladies belt. I I did I did like her on commentary. Yeah, um, she was pretty she was pretty good during the. I think she was just on there during the the Camille Thunderosa match, right? And toward the end of the show, Austin Idol got on commentary, and I mean he just <sighs> reminds me of one of these like close talker guys that when they get in your face and they start talking they will not let you leave they just keep going and going you can't get away from them and that's the way he was on he commentary is, man he's a great heel i guess because i can't stand him and i think if like if i met him in person i still wouldn't be able to stand him just the sight of him annoys me he's gonna close talk you if you run into him he's gonna get you in a corner he's not going to let you go until he's told all his stories and his breath's gonna smell terrible and he's gonna spit on you too while he's talking to you (laughs) i just have a feeling (laughs) you know i mean you know hey next time you go visit your folks though you could stop by his wrestling school there in uh in the upstate how about that in greenville south carolina Man, you're clay. You could just drive on up there and and learn how to take a few bumps or something, man. I, you know, I'd break my hip if I did that. But you know, yeah, I'd, I'd love to go shoot a, a photo story or a photo essay or something like that. That'd be amazing. Go for it. See if he talks as much as you think. I want to get that shirt, you know, that he's wearing. That was kind of a nice shirt. You wear a shirt like that, it says something about a person, you know. <laughs> you wear a shirt like that, you get a free bowl of soup. At least a free bowl of soup. well you know we talked about we didn't like that first match but the match that i think we both despised i mean at least i did it was tyrus who defeated kratos i don't want to see either (sighs) of these guys on the show again to be quite honest especially tyrus i mean this guy looks like two refrigerators stacked on top of each other god it was such a bumbling match i mean just Oh, just just you know, typical big wrestler, slow lumbering. It wasn't exciting to watch. I don't know. I think even Kratos deserves better than this. Kratos looks like Rey Mysterio next to Tyrus. That's a that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I, he really I, does. Tyrus. I, I don't, I don't is like Tyrus. Tiring. Like yes, he is. Tyrus tiring. makes me tired looking at him. That's right. That's right. Again, I I don't. I think the worst thing about this Tyrus guy is. You know, in addition to his lumbering skills in the ring, it's the problematic background. You know, they just got rid of a couple, you know, mm-hmm. alleged, you know, sex offenders. Why do we need to, right. to deal with a, with another one? So, another alleged problematic character. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's It was bad. I don't know. Maybe they'll do something cool with him. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know what they could possibly do with him. I my strategy to defeat Tyrus would just be to make him run around for about five minutes and then he'd just fall over and you could pin him. He doesn't look healthy, does he? He he scares me. I, I mean, I feel like he's about to stroke out. Yeah, no, he he doesn't. He does. Yeah, he looks like he could just give out at any point. Well, uh, probably the first good match we had on the show was Pope. <laughs> And Tom Latimer. Now, I love seeing Tom Latimer again. I'm glad that he's back. We don't have Royce yeah. Isaacs, of course, but those two put on a pretty good match. Unfortunately, they had a 10:05 time limit. So, okay, I understand. Yeah, I, don't get this. The I don't get that. Underst- yeah, it's like I understand 6:05, but you just arbitrarily add four minutes to that. Like, where does the four minutes come from? Why? Did, why didn't you say like a 15 minute time limit? Yeah, exactly. Or a 20-minute time limit. I guess they were the, the way they timed this thing out was like two, like you said, two hours to the to the T. So I guess they they had a you know had 10 minutes. So let's fill up 10 minutes with this match. Yeah. Um, so, which was kind of weird, but it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Pope looked as good as I've ever seen him. Oh, although yeah. I haven't seen him wrestle that often. The last time I saw him, he was in UWN. I don't know. He had that match with 
Zicky Dice, which he almost got killed at the beginning, then ended up winning at the end. Uh, you know, there were a couple of good takeaways from this match. Uh, I want to give a shout out to South Carolina's own Jared Fritz, who was refing refing that one. Oh yeah, Pope hit Latimer with the most hateful German suplex into the turnbuckles that I've ever seen. It just about, I thought he about killed Latimer for a second there. That German suplex, dude. That those, it was oh, yeah. a blind, yeah, German suplex against the buckles, and I swear that couldn't have been planned, man. He had to. He had to have made a mistake in the, you know, and thank God it, it was, it, I, I don't guess Latimer, it doesn't look like Latimer got hurt. I mean, that's something that'll shatter your C1 vertebra there, you know? <sighs> Man. You know, we hate when they do those top rope superplexes, but I swear they did one of the better looking ones I think I've ever seen in this match because it didn't look it, like they were. It, probably the best. It didn't look like they were cooperating with one another, which, you know, that's the thing I hate about those. When the person who Mm-mm. receives the superplex, you clearly see them stepping up to the top turnbuckle so that they can then get in position. But this one looked convincing. I, I liked this one. Mm-hmm. And I think it was all about timing because I think it wasn't it Latimer who got on the was going to do a dive off. Or was it Pope? I think you're you correct. Yeah, I think he Latimer went up to climb up, and uh, yeah, sure, I think so. So, yeah. So to make it believable, Pope hustled, ran up there instead of just cooperating and waiting. He just ran up and did it. I mean, that's the way to do it if you're going to do it and make it look legitimate. Otherwise, climbing to the top to get a <laughs> to be suplexed off just. Just don't do it if if that's the way you have to do it, you know? Right on. But I commend them for doing it the right way. Now, I tell you, I didn't like how that match ended, though, because it ended in a draw. It was a little weird, yeah. I I think there was a match that would have been a better match to end in a draw later on in the show, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. Okay. Camille defeated Thunder Rosa. Uh this is where the show took a turn for me where I just, I I didn't like this match. I didn't like this outcome. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not just because, you know, we love Thunder Rosa. I like Camille just fine, but yeah, I just thought it's a little too early for her to be defeating Thunder Rosa because the only people we've seen Camille really tangle with has been, you know, job girls. So, right. And all of a sudden she beats Thunder Rosa, the former champion, Thunder Rosa, who's the toughest girl in the game right now after, yeah. after that death match that she had with Britt Baker. So, I don't know. It was a hell of a putover by Thunder Rosa. Um, so, I don't know how they worked out that Camille was going to get a clean win. I could I could accept a, a win with interference and a, a win using a foreign object. Yeah, a cheat of some sort. Cheat yeah. so, something, but... To get to score like a clean pin was a little annoying. Now, I know they, they kind of cleaned it up a little bit on power by saying, you know, Thunder Rosa had had a hell of a match against Britt Baker, so she wasn't at 100%. Okay. Right, right. I guess that's one way to try to to gloss it over a little bit, but you're right. I, I just felt like they kind of buried Thunder Rosa in that match. A little bit. I don't know. I mean, especially, you know, being that she had just been on, like, the biggest stage – the main mm-hmm. event AEW doing like the, one of the bloodiest matches that I can certainly recall having seen in recent years in a real hard, a serious hardcore match, you know? And uh, I just thought she deserved a little better than that. You know, I don't know. I understand they need to push Camille. I really do. Sure. And some will say it's political that Thunder Rosa is trying to, to get some of her mission pro girls or ladies. I shouldn't say girls, ladies. Uh, over, uh, like, uh, I believe Alex Gracia appeared on the next episode. So she's definitely getting her roster on some other yeah. promotions, which I, you know, good for her. So maybe yeah. that's part of it. Like in the, in the, you know, I'll, I'll do some, I'll do some jobs, but you guys got to hire some of the people in my organization i could understand that so who knows what the politics looks like there and talking about the ladies title which in my opinion is probably the most interesting title in the organization right now because it's not even in the organization 
Serena Deeb, I believe she had a surgery or she's recovering from something like a surgery or an injury. Yeah. Uh, and we have at least three people who who want that title. Uh, Thunder Rosa. Right. Camille and um, and some of these other folks that have been on there like this. Uh, Tyron. Yeah. Tar- 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 Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. No. Yeah. Taryn Terrell. So there's people who want this title, but it will be interesting to see how and when it comes back to the NWA, how that process will happen. Uh, do you, I mean, do you think that Serena Deeb will say, look, I'm too injured. I can't defend it. And then they have to put on like a little tournament or something for it. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Isn't she officially AEW now? Or I mean, I would think so. I thought she was like, like officially signed to AEW. Not to not to say that she couldn't. I know some of AEW's wrestlers appear in other promotions, so I don't guess it would be that big a deal. It's going to be interesting. I, like I said, I think it's probably the most interesting belt, and it just so happens that it's not there. <laughs> so I, I, I'm more interested in that than than the than the world championship belt because I don't think that thing's ever moving. Yeah, who's gonna? Who- who in this organization, like, legitimately would would take the world title right now? I, I don't. Tyrus. I don't see anybody with a big enough name right now. I mean, I guess Pope was talking about it a little bit, and I like Pope a lot, and I think he he could probably beat Aldis in a in a match. Pope is a good match for Nick Aldis. I, I think they're similar. Yeah. Maybe not quite in size, but probably have similar abilities in ring. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're both you know fit guys. But then you have these you know wild cards out there like Slice Boogie or Tyrus, who's like a giant. You could come in and, and squish Nick Aldis or something. You know what I mean? It's kind of ridiculous, but it really is. Now I don't think that will happen, but uh-huh. you know what I thought was the best match of the pay per view, and I didn't think it would be a good match. Uh, speaking of titles and belts, Trevor Murdoch, who defeated this mm-hmm. Chris Adonis to retain the national title, I thought that was a solid match and possibly the best performance we've ever seen out of Trevor Murdoch um, on anything. Yeah, from start to finish, for sure. It, it, it felt like a, a legitimate old school match. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was healing from this Chris Adonis. Yep. Trevor Murdoch was you know, the baby face fought hard, controlled the match most of the time. I, I thought it was solid. I had no complaints about this match at all. I didn't like yeah. how it ended because it ended with a roll-up, but uh, yeah, it was solid. It looked like an old-school match. The rest, They looked like two wrestlers that could have been around 20 or 30 years ago, you know? Yeah, definitely. Trevor Murdoch has some new tights that are very fancy, which... He did. Yeah, you're good right. Good for him. It's like he spent a few dollars on the. Did you see that cross body that Trevor Murdoch did on to Adonis? How did Adonis yeah. not just die from that cross body? I, I mean, it, it looked like his I, guts I would I, come out of his I nose. Say it looked like a 50-gallon oil drum land on him or something. It was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, he looked like a frog getting crushed under a bicycle God. wheel or something. I mean, it was crazy. I don't know. And, of course, you know, Trevor extends his, his hand and – a handshake there at the end, and there was no code of honor adhered to because no. Adonis was a sore loser. We did, I liked how they did that. I mean, that was good. Yeah, and it he got legitimate heat on on Murdoch, and Murdoch selling the injury by you know the next episode they're like Murdoch's injured, he's recovering. Yeah, they said he was at the hospital. You're used to seeing a guy like run over by a garbage truck on one episode and then the next week they're fine you know so it's good to see something realistic like an injury being (laughs) being carried over from one week to another yeah no they did a good job with that for sure i did have a note that murdoch slipped through like a grease pig to win the match (laughs) because he legitimately i don't know if you remember but he like just slipped through the guy's arms when I believe. Um, oh, he was going for the full Nelson on him. Yeah, he was yeah. going for a Nel- yeah, a full Nelson there. He was like, Zoop! and then shortly after that, rolled him up. I love that escape. You never see a full Nelson in wrestling these days. But nope. if, if you ever get thrown in a full Nelson, you do exactly what Trevor Murdoch did. You throw your arms up and you just let your weight drop you down and you slide right out of it. 
I, I don't remember how long ago this was, but our some schoolyard bully came up behind me once and put me in a full Nelson. And I had just watched. <laughs> really? Yeah. I had just seen this move and escape on it on like NWA wrestling as a kid. And, uh, uh-huh. and so when this guy put me in this thing, I just dropped straight down. And the guy was standing there like, what the hell? Because <laughs> it was, he just es- escaped right out of it. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was like, yeah, I actually learned something from wrestling. That was kind of fun. It was a legitimate move. Legitimate escape. I remember that time I belly to belly suplexed that kid and the neighbor kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't know how to take the bump, man. Well, I mean, you, you caught him off guard with it. You know, that's yeah. And I guess when you do it on <laughs> Magnum TA, you know, I guess when you belly to belly suplex somebody on solid ground, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, so you're not advocating violence here, folks. No, and I feel like we we may have tested out the figure four once upon a time or something we too did, to see yes. if that actually worked. But I don't know if we figured out how to lock it in. So yeah, I don't, I don't think we could ever quite quite lock it in. Not like uh, Ric Flair, at least. So uh, there was a somber moment, one of several somber moments on this pay per view, the uh, so called Ten Bell Salute that took place. I I read somewhere that they screwed it up somehow. I I didn't catch it. I wasn't counting the bells. Oh, really? What? They didn't do the the right number of rings or something? Uh, Apparently. Apparently. It was a a 10-bell salute for not just Josephus, but also, was it Jim Crockett Jr.? Jim Crockett and some other guy. I can't quite remember his name. I believe it was a, a, a Reed was his name. Anyway, and of course... That somber moment leads us right to the to the final battle of the back for the attack pay per view. Nick Aldis. Right before that, there was a Austin Idol interview that was just awkward. Well, like all of that was, to be honest. But was just uh, just rambling about Aaron Stevens, and it was almost seemed like he was now Aaron Stevens' manager or something. That's what it looks like. Yeah, that's he what was it was like. like. Guarantee he was guaranteeing that Stevens was gonna like. Almost like he was going to win or something. Ah, well. Um, but then it, that was, that was very weird. Sometimes eh. you wonder, is Austin Idol like. On drugs. On drugs, borderline dementia. I don't Yeah, know. yeah well, you know, he, he rambling. might be, might be right. He might have taken too many bumps or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to just go on record. I hated this final match uh i've my my ability to tolerate nick aldis has has gone away now i was uh fully in aaron stevens corner on this match he he came out he wasn't the karate champ he wasn't Mm -hmm. the bad actor he was just a plain old wrestler and his skills are very good in the ring as as the match goes as a match it was really kind of dull i mean i was i yep. was almost asleep watching this it was so boring yeah i'd rather watch a bad match than watch a boring match so i i mean i hate to say that but i you know i don't know this wasn't a good match for me there was some weird stuff in this match i do feel like i lost interest in the match a little bit yeah i was really turned off by austin idol's commentary i mean i can yep I don't mind like a heel person, you know, doing commentary on a match. I mean, good Lord, like Heenan or Cornette or somebody like that was, you know, they were masters of doing good heel work on the mic. But but this guy is just, I don't know, just something about him great. So I think that took away some of my enjoyment. Well, to be honest with you. You know, this being the headlining match of this pay-per-view i feel like they should have let joe galley call this match you know a little with a little bit more enthusiasm than letting you know austin idol mm-hmm. up there rambling endlessly and you know taking up the spotlight i mean this match really needed would have been elevated with really good commentary i think i think you're right but it's not that i don't like nick aldis but every match we see with nick aldis when it's a one-on-one match it's the same match formulaic right it's the same formula and um it, he didn't really get too far off the formula here you know aaron stevens did some crazy stuff there was like this ridiculous moonsault that he tried to do that 
was not going to connect no matter what. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down in my notes, this is a stock all this match, and I'm honestly bored to tears. Uh, they had a terrible assisted superplex from the top rope. I can't even remember who gave it, who took it. I was really at some point thinking that we were going to see Aaron Stevens pull out like some sort of signature question mark maneuver, you know, on, on Nick Aldis, like the, like the spike or something like that. But he, he didn't do that. Uh, there was nothing. Some, yeah. No callback to, to any of his Mongrovian karate training or anything, you know, nope. and, you know, he said he wasn't going to come in as a gimmick and that's fine. But man, even like a, flying sidekick or something would have been would have been nice to see and there was never a and the match was never in doubt it was it was always you know you knew there was no way aaron stevens was going to win the world title right i mean now i knew that he wasn't going to win it but at the same time this match would have been the one that i would have liked to have seen go to a draw maybe but instead, we had the small package win with you know Aldis rolling up Stevens, and mm-hmm. I just thought, what a terrible ending for a match that had this level of gravitas, you know, honoring Josephus. You know, they upheld the code of honor with the handshake at the end, and right, you know, everybody came out in the in the end and and thanked uh, Josephus, Joe Hudson, and they faded to black. Was that his wife in the ring? I, I don't know. I don't. I, I've I've read several reports, and nobody seems to know who that is. So, oh, okay. I, I mean, it's it very well could have been. Yeah, I have to say it. I mean, I know people online were talking about you know how they were in tears. You know, this moved them to tears, and it was a very moving moment. But you know, there was no one extra thing. You know, like there was no right heel that made an appearance at the end to to come in and challenge Nick all this or uh they didn't bring in like your Marty Skrull type or anything like that right it's just and and maybe again they were just trying to honor you know ended on a high note but boy I was I was really depressed at the end of this show I I thought wow (laughs) this is why I come to pro wrestling to watch to to escape and be reminded of my own mortality so (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it's so depressing I guess they did the best they could. At least they didn't like trot his kids out with a little question mark mask on or something. Well, hey, yeah, they might do that yet. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not, too. God. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but uh, no. anyway, yeah. I enjoyed the match except Austin Idol on commentary and the wheels on the podium. I oh, guess. I know. I know. That, that podium <laughs> is like a that podium over it. Just like something... Something that I would have put together in my shed out back or something. Yeah, I think it was like a skateboard, man. And, and somebody needs to tell Kyle Davis to go like sit down or something. He makes me nervous standing back there behind the podium. He's like all, that. He just stands there, and I don't know. Is there no other place he can? Well, I think he does a. I, I think this guy does a good job uh, interviewing the wrestlers. He, I still like Dave Marquez, though. I mean, I hope we get to see more of him, but I think he's he's kind of chilling in California and yeah, I mean, it's going to be difficult right now to, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, overall this pay-per-view was okay. Uh, my only takeaway from it was that I really wish they had rebooted power and given us about five episodes of that first and then brought this pay-per-view in because otherwise this stuff is just sort of taking place in a, in a vacuum in an alternate reality universe somewhere. Yeah. But, like I said, it seems like it was kind of a, a fundraiser <laughs> to start with. You know, I, I to, think you're right about that. To give that. us some capital to move forward with. And just two days later, we have our first new episode of Power. Now, I liked the episode of Power. I didn't think it was all that great, but I actually found myself mm-hmm. enjoying it quite a bit for whatever reason. What did you think of it? I, I think, like you said earlier, I think we're kind of opposite on our opinions of the two shows. I, I enjoyed the pay-per-view a little more than Power. And just to start off with, we had Velvet Sky yeah, on commentary. What did you think of Velvet Sky? Well, I didn't really think much of her, to be honest. I mean, she seemed, you know, fine. I, I didn't have any real impression I was more uh, interested to see that May Valentine had come back uh, as a reporter, sort of like a backstage reporter, which makes a hell of a lot more sense for her than 
uh, previous things they've had her doing. But uh, tell me about Velvet Sky. I don't know who she is, to be honest. She's a wrestler. That's about all I know. Um, Makes sense. I just felt like her commentary was just choppy and disinterested and amateurish sounding. I, I, I did not enjoy her at all on commentary. I wish she had not been there. I guess you better get used to her being there because according to this Wikipedia page, she's signed on with the NWA as a color commentator. So here we go. Uh, we had our first match, a little bit of a squash match there with Camille and Alex Gracia, who seems to be everywhere these days. Alex Gracia on yeah. Yeah, yeah. here and on AW Dark or Elevation or whatever the hell their their YouTube show is now. Yeah, Alex Gracia is like the number one squash match girl out there right now, I think. Lady, I <laughs> yeah. should say. Number one squash lady right now. One of Thunder Rosa's students. So um, I guess she's just getting her getting her reps in, trying to get a little experience, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope we see her do a little bit more than that. I, I feel bad for her in some ways because... I believe she recently got beat by Ashley Vox, which would sort of like be, you know, getting beat by one of the Mulkey brothers or something. I mean, <laughs> God. I mean, come on now. I like Ashley. Vox. I mean, I do too, but uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's like a squash within a squad. I don't even know what you call that. Okay. I'd put Alex Gracia is more Mulkey level and Ashley Vox is like Thunderfoot maybe. Oh, there you, you know? go. That's a good one, actually. That's a that's a good comparison. That's right. <laughs> Thunderfoot. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> All right, kids, look that up. Yeah, see yeah. if you Thunderfoot. understand what the hell we're talking about there. Now, I, I like Alex Grassi. I mean, she's a, a good-looking athlete. I, I just hate that she just keeps getting, like, beaten down everywhere she goes. And, I mean, yeah. you know, Camille really did a number on her. I mean, she, you know, there was color in this match, and it was color the hard way. Because Camille had her up in the rack and just flung her down like a sack of shit, basically. And, and yeah. you know, you could see she landed on her face and came up with a, a bloody nose. And Busted I, her nose. Yeah. yeah, I noticed that. Felt bad for her. Felt bad for her. I mean, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, it, it takes a certain skill set to, to be that role. And I mean, I don't know. Here we are. I, I'm ha I have a lot of sympathy for her. You know, so so clearly she's doing her job correctly because mm -hmm. I don't usually have sympathy for wrestlers when they lose, but I feel really bad for her. So it's it's working at least. Well, there you go. I mean, if that makes any sense. No, it makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, but it's not like Camille needs to get over. She just beat Thunder Rosa. But I mean, there, true. who else is there for her to even wrestle at this point? Nobody. That's it. <laughs> who? Yeah, you're exactly right. Who else is left? For Camille to wrestle at this point, it's kind of sad. They they definitely um, are going to have to bolster their women's division there in, in the NWA if they want to have anything. Allison Kay's gone. Marty Bell's gone. Apparently, Melina's still hanging around. I don't know if she's going to wrestle. Yeah, 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 that was interesting, wasn't it? This episode started out with some interview stuff we saw, uh, I believe it was Nick Aldis and Thomas Latimer again. Uh, you know, the, the right. boys are back in town. Camille's there strictly business. Aldis did a cringy promo. there, talking about fight TV, wrote them a check. I thought, Oh, it gosh. was, it was a, it wasn't that a strange, that was so the whole weird. thing was a bit strange and, and choppy and disjointed. You know, all he needed to do was go up and say, we're sorry we're off the air. COVID screwed us all up, and we're getting it back together. We welcome our new partner, Fight TV. Fight TV wrote them a check. That's what he said. I thought, man, that is just, uh, it didn't sound good at all. It sounded a little cheap, didn't it? Amateurs. It really sounded cheap. It really did. And then uh, Latimer just seems like a just a big lunkhead. I don't know. I love his I love his mic work though. He's so good. He's so good on the mic. I love that. Um who, Latimer? Yeah, yeah, Latimer was so good. Just just the the sheer like anger, you know, and yeah, he's just angry yeah. for no particular reason. I guess well he he thought he should have beaten Pope. Uh Camille, 
you know. <laughs> I see why she didn't talk for like 20 episodes. Well, that's the exact note I have right there. I mean, <laughs> uh, just all I could say about it, just, just be yourself, you know. I mean, she's a Durham She's from Durham, and she's trying to talk like she's from South Central Los Angeles or something, and she yeah. just kind of comes off as being like an angry Karen in an Applebee's. Uh, I I know that she could do better than that. I don't I don't know whether they just didn't give her the material or or what there, but I don't know. I, I mean, I, do, I hate to say that. I mean, I feel like a a heel saying that, but I I know that she could do better than what we saw on that episode of power it was really choppy yeah i mean embrace your i mean come on the fabulous moolah was from south carolina i mean and and think about the awesome might work she did just just be a bitchy southern <laughs> yeah person you know and don't try to yeah exactly like you said don't try to be somewhere someone you're not just ah <sighs> yeah 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 Anyway, that being said, I like all those people, and I look forward to seeing what they do. I Hopefully, Aldis puts on some more exciting matches than what we've seen lately here, but... I don't know what Aldis... What? Is Aldis better as a heel or a face? I don't know what Aldis should do. Oh, I think he's definitely should be a heel. Uh, yeah? I, I think so. He was He's much more interesting as a heel than when, when we thought he and... You know, he was this honorable guy that had Tim Storm refereeing his match with James Storm and all that stuff. Yeah. Which I seems guess. like a million years ago now, but. He doesn't seem like a, a he's that comfortable being a heel, though. You know, he just doesn't seem like he can quite. Uh, I guess I see what you're saying. Push to maximum heelage. He needs to be a little more cunning or something i don't know it's just I, I something think i see what you're saying yeah he he looks like he's playing a role more than legitimately healing at times yeah you know like he's like he's like an actor in a high school play or something oh i have to be a heel now so let me go do these these things on the checklist i could see that he definitely tries to do the i can see where he's kind of trying to summon the spirit of rick flair with his you know his fancy suits and his from the bedroom to the boardroom or whatever his yeah and his invicta watches which well i don't know what he's wearing these days i haven't i couldn't tell what what watch he was wearing you couldn't tell what he was no, wearing. i didn't I, notice i tell you though wearing. i i was immediately the only thing that that I was immediately struck by was that great windsor knot he had in his tie there that was a great looking tie there i swear I need to I need to practice my knot game because uh, yeah since, since quarantine I really don't need to wear a tie anymore for work. Now uh, he's a snappy dresser and uh, he, he's got the integrated look going. So uh, yeah. Oh, so Austin Idol's apparently representing Tyrus now. That's what we learned in this episode, right? Apparently, yeah. Apparently, Austin Idol is is going to be involved in more than just funny commercials like old times. He's actually a part of this program now, which kind of scares me. I'll tell you one storyline I'm keenly keeping an eye on, though, and that is, is Mae Valentine going to get together with Slice Boogie? <laughs> God, I saw that. I mean, Sal Renaro might get jealous. He's back. I'm glad Sal Renaro's back, by the way. I like yeah, I like Sal Renaro. I, I liked his um his Masters of the Universe t-shirt that he was wearing on, Oh yeah, that was good. On yeah, the pay-per-view. Yeah. I don't know if he's wearing it on the on power, but he was wearing it on the pay-per-view, but uh I don't know. Now Sal Renaro doesn't have um what's his face to feud with anymore. Oh yeah, uh Royce. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I think I think he and Slice Boogie need to mix it up a little bit then. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. Well, what did you think of Mike Paro? I mean, this guy looked like a beast in the ring, and he definitely felt like an old-school wrestler. Like this big corn-fed oaf bruiser type. And uh, I was, you know, I was like, oh, this guy is just a big oafsome jobber. But no, he actually beat um, 
Jordan Clearwater, who, if there's a wrestler I just don't care about, it's got to be Jordan Clearwater. Good Lord. You know, the thing about Jordan Clearwater is he's got the same hairstyle that you had in 1994. Exactly. He, he really does. Sophomore year in college, yes. I mean, it's literally when I see like him from the back, I'm like, God, that looks just like uh, the way the way you had yours back then. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so he's got that going for him. I mean, that's he he does. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. he could you know organize some computer meetings at the Chili's. But anyway, <laughs> besides that. I don't know what else he has going for him. That's about it. That's about it. He's got the cool haircut, and that's about all. So we didn't even talk about it. I guess we could go back a nub here. The NWA Television Championship number one contender match. We see our, our friend Fred Rosser again. He managed to defeat mm-hmm. Matt Cross, a guy that I like a lot. And uh, I know, Matt Cross. I still can't figure out how to pronounce the other guy's name, this fellow by the name of Rocket. Mar- Marsh, Marche Rocket, Marsh Rocket, something March like that. March Rocket, which is Marchy Rocket. I have no idea. Pretty cool name for a wrestler, honestly. But <sighs> yeah, I guess is it French? I don't know. I I don't know. But Fred Rosser beat these guys, so uh, looks like he'll be moving on to maybe have a, a shot at the Pope at some point here. Uh, Fred Rosser, we saw Fred over in UWN, right? On yeah, some of those. Uh, yeah, he's pretty well known crossover shows. Yeah. He's a pretty well-known guy on the uh, indie scene, I believe. Yeah, he's been around for a while, it seems like. I hate the three-way. I hate the I matches. don't like those the three-way, matches. The yeah. four-way. I, I hate these matches, I got to say. I just, they don't work right. No. Because inevitably, you can't have three guys fighting each other. So inevitably, somebody has to get knocked out of the ring for a few minutes. It's so predictable. Yeah, it. you can't really, you're right. You can't have three guys lock up at the same time so either it goes two on one or one guy takes two guys out or somebody inevitably gets knocked and thrown into a christmas tree and stays there for the duration of the match and comes back in to swoop up the victory at the end you know how it goes yeah because i i I think the um who won the the pay-per-view match was it slice boogie yeah slice boogie won yep and I swear he was outside of the ring for most of the match. I know like he, I he barely saw him. he barely did anything, and then he swooped in for the. It, and that was a four way, so you know that was four guys in the ring. It's stupid. I, I hate those matches. Yeah, I don't like them either. You mentioned Molina earlier. Uh, Thunder Rosa has a little interview there with uh, Kyle Davis. She wants to get the belt back, and Molina comes out and is nearly in tears uh, offering her services to to Thunder Rosa who politely declined. Uh if, I feel like we're going back a few steps with this little thing cuz this is kind of where the rivalry left off back before they quit uh-huh. producing, right? I mean, this little Thunder Rosa Molina thing. Yeah, didn't Molina had the stable of who was it? Thunder Rosa, Marty Bell and was it somebody else? I f- well, yeah, I guess you're it, right. I think that's who it was, yeah. Or was it just those three? Sort of the... They didn't really have a name or anything, did they? I feel like Thunder Rosa kind of, at the the end of that, Thunder Rosa kind of figured out, you know, was yeah. kind of doing the face turn there. The that's end, right. You know? I think so, too. It's hard to remember these things because, you know, COVID sort of erased, like, a large portion of our memory, I think, but... I don't know. It was a kind of an awkward interview. I don't yeah, it was awkward. It was, you know, anytime, I don't know, I'm, the whole time I'm thinking, there's no crying and wrestling. Get off, you know, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, it seemed you like know? they're all weepy and moody. And yeah, you know, one thing on. I don't need to see, I don't need to see any crying and wrestling. I don't need to see no. any more handshakes of honor or anything like that. You know, when you win a match, just just take your win and be yeah. an asshole about it. You know, you don't have to go. Just roll out, either roll out of the ring or, you know. I mean, come on. It's a gloat. Yeah, gloat a little. That's right. I don't need to hear any more this is awesome chants. I you know. Oh Lord. I don't need no. to hear any more you deserve it chants. I where did this crap come from? Seriously. I this is terrible. You know, it, it You know what kind of chants we grew up with? We grew up with the boring chant, the USA boring. chant. <laughs> 
and the bullshit chant. Those were the only yep. chants we needed growing up there. And some other chants that we can't chant anymore. That's right. But- <laughs> yeah, we need a good boring chant to come back. I we mean, do. I feel yeah, like every time I watch chant. AEW Dark, I'm like, why are people not yelling boring, boring, you know, the crowd? Uh, what? <laughs> Can we get legitimate question? Go right ahead. Would we be able to go to an AEW event and get a good boring chant going in the in the crowd, or would they just kick us no, out? No, we'd be deemed toxic, and we'd be the gang would seize upon us, and we'd get canceled and thrown out. Probably, that's true. We we probably yeah. I, I know that sounded like some kind of raging Republican uh, rhetoric there, I, but that's not what I intended. I'm just saying, if you go there and you no, you we tr- would we would get we would. We would be villainized yeah. and hissed, and yeah, I'd be. We'd be toxic. We'd have to get kicked out, and Kenny Omega would have a cut a promo on us, and and all that stuff. So that's bucket list item. Put it on there. <laughs> Me and you, we'll do it. Go to an AEW event, get as close as we can to the ring, and wear our Jim Cornette T-shirt. <laughs> Get a boring chant going with and try uh, to get a boring chant. Going. Let's see what who what combination would 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 we? I think it would have to be somebody like a Brandon Cutler oh, versus um, one of the many members of the Dark Order, perhaps of the Dark Order, our Penta, our Phoenix versus uh, one of the members of what? What's the um, top flight or something like? Oh that. yeah 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 yeah. I tell you, I, I feel bad for AEW sometime because they they're, they have all these ladies matches and I have no idea who a lot of these girls are, but I see them on there from week to week and these matches are uh-huh. really, really bad. And I know we're going down, <laughs> an, I know we're going down another rabbit hole altogether, but right. some of these folks look like they've never even been to wrestling camp. You know what I mean? They look terrible. And some of them, you know, graduate from that. Like, take a Ty Conti, for yeah. instance, who, I mean, just not that long ago, she was just kind of one of these unknowns, and now she's kind of mm-hmm. a superstar over there for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, so, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a whole other mess. Well, Lord. I, th- I think, I wish NWA would get Abaddon, to be quite honest. I, <laughs> I, I've come around to your way of thinking on Abaddon. I really like Abaddon. I enjoy now. a good Abaddon match. I don't care. <laughs> She's absolutely disgusting. She's disgusting and hideous. <laughs> and she doesn't seem to care. That's right. Th- th- to me, there's Which is a, refreshing. There's a, I know there's like a reality to that. You know, there's, yeah. uh, even though it is a huge gimmick, but it feels so much more real than, I don't know, name than whatever, you know? Jade Cargill. Well, I, I don't know. Jade Cargill's pretty, pretty badass, I would say. I, I Yeah, I, I do enjoy Jade Cargill. Hey, it looks um, like she's I put just, the work in. I, she's you know? like the exact opposite of Abaddon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm thinking of these girls that, you know, I don't the even. The cookie cutter types that I, just, I don't even want to name any names, but they're. Yeah. You know, they're, they they just have a little stable of them that they use that are are just marginally successful at this stuff. You know, it's uh, and I can't even. Well, it's it's really the same with the girls and the and the guys. Oh yeah, know? yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you've got Fuego del Sol of Mobile, Alabama. You know, Fuego del Sol is that his name? Wasn't that a type of Honda back in the nineties? That was the Dell. Yeah, the, the uh, Honda, the uh, Dell Sol. Yeah, a Civic the Dell Sol. Yeah, I think that was a Civic. But I don't. I wish I could. I can't even think of any of the names of these folks. But you know them when you see them because they're all on AEW Dark, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and don't get me wrong. I I think AEW Dark is a better show in some ways than AEW Dynamite because it feels yeah. like an old school Saturday morning wrestling show in some cases. Because it's just it's just a bunch of jobber Matt. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, but the only thing is, it's usually just jobbers against jobbers. It, it's not normally. I mean, you get occasionally, you know, that's, you that's get right. the top card guys in there in a squash match or whatever. But it's normally just people you really don't care about wrestling. Yeah, each other. I mean, you know, on one hand, it's cool you get to see all these people, but you're right. On the other hand, yeah. there's never a that much of a superstar connection. I mean, even it's sort of like lower mid card almost in some cases. 
I don't think that that's horrible necessarily, but there it's a long show to have zero star power in a lot of these cases. But anyway, and that that wasn't enough, so they had to launch that elevation show on Monday night. So now it's three solid nights. Yeah, I don't of this get stuff. that. I don't get why they needed another show, which is basically the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. Well, hey, let's let's talk about the main event uh, on this episode mm-hmm. of Power. Nick Aldis, Tom Latimer, and Chris Adonis, the uh, slimy heel that put Trevor Murdoch in the hospital, has now moved over to be the third man, bro. Uh, he's a good slimy heel. He, he's great. Sure. Uh, they defeated Kratos, Aaron Stevens, and the <laughs> Pope. Now, I don't remember, did anybody ever get tagged in finally? On, Aaron Stevens. No, I did. It was just, it was bad. I, yeah, yeah. You know, I... I don't want to talk shit about the NWA, but but things got out of hand. Well, now, I'll tell you, I actually enjoyed this match because it was a little bit different. Yeah. Aaron Stevens gets in there, and he can't tag out for almost the entire duration of the match. I think maybe Pope came in at some point. Pope was in there a little bit, yeah. Yeah, but Aaron Stevens made, who, who by the way, is he and Kratos are the tag team champs, so... Correct. Kratos gets really mad because Stevens is getting his butt kicked, even though it's not really fair because the other guys are kind of cheating him a little. And so there's now apparently discord with Kratos and Aaron Stevens. I think Kratos. Aaron Stevens. Aaron Stevens is apparently a a baby face now. Yeah, I guess. Which is just odd. Yeah, for sure. I thought it was an interesting match the way they handled it. I, I really wanted to see Kratos take that chair in there and start destroying people but but we didn't get to wailing see that. on somebody yeah we didn't get to see it well latimer tried to sneak the chair in there first and then the i guess the ref got well somebody was it pope that like smacked his fingers in it and the ref got it out and then <laughs> kratos wanted to use the chair and then aaron grabbed it and then he got the old roll up for the pin there <sighs> You know, I think that was the same gimmick chair they were using at the uh, Into the Fire pay per view. Oh yeah, with um, was it was it um, Eli Drake and yeah. Anderson or? Well, it's like a special chair. Mistake. It's like that green chair that they brought out and set it there. You know, just specifically mm-hmm. for that match. You know, so. Yep. They're like, bring us the gimmick chair. We're going to use it a the lot. The gimmick this, chair. This match. <laughs> That's great. You know, I thought this episode of Power was, you know, I was actually dreading watching this because I thought based yeah. on that power, that uh, pay-per-view, I'm really going to get mad. But for whatever reason, maybe I maybe I had something to drink. I don't know. But I liked this episode of Power a little bit. And uh, I'm looking forward to more episodes of Power. I'm glad they're back. Uh, that's all I can really say about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to... Um to everything going forward, I um, I'm gl- I'm just glad the NWA is back. I you know for the first time I did not watch <laughs> AEW this week. Yeah, neither did I. I guess because I was able to fill in that void <laughs> a little bit. So thank God, <laughs> maybe I can stop watching AEW every week because it's really not good. I mean that's the goal to to stop watching <laughs> AEW. I, I tell you, I've been watching a lot of. Uh, crap lately uh last week i didn't watch a lot either you know it was uh i i caught maybe the tail end of of dynamite and i watched uh some of the nxt which i didn't i didn't like how that went this week so eh, i'm glad the nwa is back for sure it's it's monday we're a little late taping this but uh obviously i guess power is going to be back on tomorrow right any insight into the what the next episode have you heard anything no i haven't seen anything i mean it's uh you know okay so when they were shooting studio wrestling before we would get these leaks because spectators in the crowd would would leak what happened you know and since there's no spectators we don't get the leaks anymore so i just we just wait and see yeah that's it's good and bad right i think it's great honestly because i hated the leaks i I hated that yeah hated that because it would be like a four or five week taping. Right. We were kind of astounded at how they taped all this, this in a matter of like two days or whatever. But, um, that's right. That's right. But it's good. I think, well, we're, we're obviously, we're, we're going to see some sort of friction between Aaron Stevens and Kratos. I feel 
Right. You know, uh, Tyrus came out and interrupted Pope, so who knows, maybe we'll see a match between those two. Melina and Thunder Rosa, could we possibly see a match between them finally? Uh, maybe. Be uh, I think you're on the right track with this stuff, honestly. Um, so those yeah. are just some predictions, just based on the, the interactions we saw on the show. I mean, I think we're going to see, just based on that number one contender match, Fred Rosser maybe will have some interactions with Pope at some point. So basically everything revolves around Pope somehow. So Exactly. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. It's good to be back. I'm looking forward to doing this once a week, like old times. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And we will be back when we cover the next episode of Power. Absolutely. Back into the Fire is produced by Joe Till and me, Andy Hayworth. If you enjoyed the show, give us a nice review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back into the Fire or email us at backintothefirepod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah.